0: What's good, listeners? Welcome to the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Bunker Edition. Good morning, Marissa. How's it going, fam?
1: Oh, fabulous, as always, in my <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> But before we begin, uh, we always like to do this at the top of the show, because on this day, the author of 1984, Animal Farm, and many influential essays, George Orwell, also a BBC broadcaster for some years, was born on this day in 1903. But we got a great show for everybody out there tuning in on our YouTube live channel because joining us on Just Talking is director D.W. Thomas to discuss her horror comedy film Too Late. And our Strike Record artist is Amanda Cooksey, a rising Nashville country pop star. Also, don't forget to check out our brand new podcast series called Off the Fret, featuring the Blowies as our inaugural guest. More music more music talk. All right, Marissa, it's time to rock and roll. What's good listeners? Our guest on Just Talking is director D.W. Thomas joining the Chris Collins Show, millennial talk show. And as we get the red curtains open, on D.W. Thomas's end, <laughs> we I are think about to begin. I know she is. Her. I'm sure she is. Start
1: that video. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think she's like, I think there's like a grand appearance that's about to happen. Oh, here we are.
1: Here we are. Yay!
0: There we go, fam. How you doing?
1: (laughs) Ooh, you have a nice little studio background happening here.
0: Yes, she does. And she's got the whole movie artwork and everything. But before we begin, let's show our CCS family what's good by playing a teaser of Too Late. So, Marissa, when you are ready... I am. uh, Here we go. Let's roll that clip, fam. Fredo. Huh? I asked for Miss Blue. You want me to look like a corpse up here?
2: Yeah, I'll pretend I care. You're violent, right? Is this your show? Yeah, it's my show. I'm a booker. You're about divorce assistant. you okay. booked too late, right? That job is your whole life.
1: It's not so bad. He's never going to let you go. You value yourself, by. There's more to life than... Oh, than a boss who only lets you peek inside the party but never invites you, in. Right?
0: Violet, don't forget. Dark of the moon. Showtime!
3: Just don't make him mad, Vi. I mean, if Bob's not happy, nobody's happy.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> we got a special film out there right now, and we're beyond stoked to have director DW Thomas with us live on the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show. And I just have to start this off, DW, because has anyone ever told you that you look like Claire from Resident Evil, the video game series? <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, thank you though. You, yeah, your eyes yeah your eyes
0: are spellbounding i just had to say that like right at the top of the show you look like the perfect claire and i could see where you probably get that horror because you got the you know claire sees the vision before it even happens you know she even sees the horror and you know it's my understanding though dw that you were a film editor for 20 plus years and you spent a lot of your time making other people's dreams work but is too late your directorial debut
4: Yes, yes, that's right. I've been editing other people's stuff. Uh, us editors, we like to affectionately say that we polish turds. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. so, like so after 20 years of polishing other turds, I was like, it's time for me to polish my own.
0: But, Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. And what was it like to step on set knowing that you're about to direct a full length film?
4: Oh, my God. It it was so much fun because as an editor, I always have to, to kind of just rely on what other people give me. And so as the director, I had to rely on myself. And for the first time, I was like, all right, I'm going to get all of those scenes that I wish I had as an editor. And now I'm the only one to blame if I don't get them. So <laughs> it was it was, it was so much fun. Yeah. I oh, I be- it.
0: I believe it. And you know, it's such a, it's such a wacky, but such a uh, very innovative and different approach to the horror comedy that I haven't seen before. And how did you come up with the concept to create a horror monster flick evolving a uh, Los Angeles comedy scene? Like the one that we obviously live in right now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there are already a lot of monsters, uh, literally. <laughs> in in the comedy scene but it it started with me and my husband my husband did stand up for a long time and we wanted to make a movie with ron lynch and so we were like let's let's come up with an idea that we could conceivably shoot at a, at a low budget and that could be a lot of fun and reminiscent of the movies that i loved growing up like gremlins and <laughs> uh
1: uh, I love The else? Gremlins. That's one <laughs> reason why I, I really enjoyed your film. I laughed at the whole thing. And now I'm like, yes, The Gremlins. Like, you took from my childhood, too. <laughs> I love oh, yes, that movie. Yes.
4: <laughs> but because just- it's sort of, it's, it's not total horror. It's fun, and it has elements that are, you know, campy, but, but still has, like, a message. And that's what I, I wanted to do. And so that's sort of how it all started coming together
0: absolutely and you just sort of mentioned just now that your husband you, you guys both collaborated on this film did I hear that correctly
4: that's right yeah that, that
0: is insane so he was a stand-up comedian and we see a lot of the stand-up comedian bits throughout this film have you ever attempted to try to do stand-up comedy
4: oh god no yeah I'm I would <laughs> be horrified
1: it is I have hard to- it is like yeah. I, I tried it. I, I um, took some stand up comedy class. Not too bad, but there was so much work. Marissa, we have heard your stand
3: up No,
0: line
1: I'm telling you, it was so much work. And I'm kind of a lazy actor. And I was like, nah. Like, <laughs> write my script. I'll memorize the lines. But like, coming up with funny material is insanely hard.
0: Oh yeah, easily. Yeah.
1: All stand up comedians. It is hard. But I think, and Marissa, you have to be so vo- vulnerable. You know
0: yes yeah absolutely And dw i and marissa's getting to my point but i can't speak for her but i did find the stand-up comedy in your film too late quite refreshing actually because the comedic timing didn't come across as if like a screenwriter wrote this or someone who's like never done stand-up so it leads me now to my question now that i noticed that your your husband now was or maybe still is a stand-up comedian did he write these comedic bits for the film or did you audition like a series of uh, stand-up comedians to you know fill the void of your film
4: yeah actually he gave me a list of stand-up comedians that he knew doing doing stand-up and so I got to choose my favorites and so they used their own material and that was something we really wanted we wanted to have an authentic stand-up vibe because there's so many movies about stand-up where it's written and, you know, it can be funny, but you're like, it doesn't quite feel like a stand-up joke because Mm -hmm. comedians, stand-up comedians, they, they perfect their comedy over thousands and thousands of hours in front of live audiences. And they know when they're bombing or they know when they're doing well. (laughs) And so they know how to read an audience and you can't get that from like writing a, a a joke, you know, a stand-up joke and then having an
1: actor say it. So the, that, orgasm that was... the orgasm orgasm one and without giving away the joke was so funny. Yeah. And I was like, so true. I felt seen. I totally felt seen when that joke yeah. came out. I was like, very true.
0: But DW as someone who has directed only a short film, nothing nearly to the extent that you have done with the full length film. So let me just get this straight. You, as the director of Too Late, you allowed comedians to say whatever jokes you wanted in your film without any kind of review or approval process. You just took a risk. Yes,
4: I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it though. That's like the fun because, you know, it, it, it's also like a, a um, coffee shop show. You never know what these stand-ups are going to say. Sometimes they're way <laughs> wild and off the wall and sometimes, you know, it bombs and I wanted it to feel real. And uh, they did give me five minutes. So I did get to choose my favorite out of the five minutes and, and then cut that in but for the most part yeah i just wanted them to have
0: fun (laughs) yeah you're getting exactly to my point because i was just thinking in my head as you were just telling me this this is very gutsy (laughs) i don't know too many directors pulling the move that you just did on your own film but it clearly worked but did you have a mischievous plan because you were a film editor for like 20 plus years so you were able to trim or what you call it um polishing the turd we're not cutting it just polish the turd (laughs) but did you feel like you had to do any of that with any of the comedians jokes to make the film work for you
4: oh well you know editing um comedy is all about editing and so of course editing plays a huge part in in getting the jokes to land but for the stand-up um they they they're all veterans and so they they have the right (laughs) Pace and timing, and it—you know—they made it really easy on Did me. any comedian
0: <laughs> come back at you and go, "Did you not like my joke?" Clearly, I saw the film during the premiere. <laughs> like, it's not there. Did you get any kind of feedback from any stand-up comedian?
4: <laughs> no, they're all really happy. They're all excited about it, and you know, they—the comedians that we use—they're all so busy in comedy right now that they they're just excited
1: to be in it so
0: that's great nobody had
1: we had a comedian marcus hawkins on here and his posts are all like i'm back live come see me i can actually be seen and versus just video because he was doing some video stuff and i have another comedians a couple friends that was all virtual and they were like they were missing that live audience to feed into the jokes because it was feel it was feeling so static for them
0: But that's an interesting point, Marissa. Did you film this film uh, before the pandemic or was this kind of happening during it?
4: It was all before the pandemic. We did the ADR in March, right at the beginning of the pandemic. So we were lucky we got everybody in right before they locked everything down. And yeah, so it was, we were so lucky. And then we did the color correction and the sound design and the score um, during the pandemic. And those... You can all do remotely pretty easily. So, yeah, I I don't know how you would film a film like this during the pandemic
1: just because <laughs> you know, of all right. of those lives. Just scenes. masks. Always see your mask. I can no, always, always tell the films that yeah. were filmed during the pandemic because there's a lot more mask stuff and everything pre pandemic. There's like not one mask. Not a mention of it. Nothing.
0: (laughs) But but DW, uh, since we are started talking about the technicality of your film right now, uh, I was taught in film school at Cal State Los Angeles that it is a huge no-no, like a big no-no to direct and edit your own film, which leads me to my point. Uh, I'm assuming with your background in editing, you were directing too late in the mindset of an editor. Am I wrong?
4: Oh, I totally was. And I tried not <laughs> to. I tried to pull back because I, I knew, know that as well. It's like, don't don't try to edit it in your head as you're directing. But we had such a short uh, shoot. It was 15 days that it was like, okay, you, you can edit it a little bit in your head because we just <laughs> need to keep moving. You know, if, if you know you've got it, just keep moving. And so, uh, yeah. and And in terms of editing your own work, I totally get that. Uh, thankfully I had my husband who could like, you know, watch it and be my second set of eyes because as an editor, that's like the most valuable part is having fresh eyes. And, uh, when you're directing it as well, you know, I, I fell in love with scenes that happened on the day, but maybe they didn't work in the edit. And so luckily I had my husband come in and be like, yeah, I don't think that quite works. And I'm like, but we, but it worked, you know, we worked so hard on it when we were shooting it. And he's like, yeah, but it doesn't work. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, he's okay. like,
0: just just trying to be the front. I know that you usually uh, what you do a really killer job with doing film edits, but as someone stepping into the director role, I think that I think that's really cool to have a husband and wife kind of a collaboration, especially especially on your directorial debut. And there was a lot of great lines that you've written into this piece, and there was a particular line that resonated with me, and that is when Bob Devore describes comedians in Too Late by saying the following quote comedians aren't really people people come and people go and no one really cares end quote so i don't know if i'm getting on to something you let me know if this was like a hidden metaphor you were trying to say in in your piece but are the comedians like a metaphor like is too late a metaphor about comedians and aspiring filmmakers willing to do anything to sell their soul to the industry
4: I think there's definitely an element of that. Um, you know, it's a different perspective. I think a lot of people do treat other people like that. Um, but it was also a, to, ju- to juxtapose with with Jimmy, um, played by Will Weldon, where he he can be the the audience and be like, "That's crazy. You're you're a narcissist. That's crazy." You know, so. <laughs> um, yeah you know and in and, and it's true in film in uh comedy people do come and go so fast like one minute you see somebody and then the next minute they move back to oklahoma you know because they they didn't want to be in it anymore it's a very hard industry <laughs> so yeah it, it's, it's so true
0: i'm a, and yeah. marissa i knew you were telling me something yesterday sort of on the lines of this especially when it came to the main actress did you want to speak on that marissa <laughs> I think we lost her for a second, but, uh, but I do want to say I had a, I had a check on my child.
1: She's
0: like, mom, mom. And I was like, ah,
1: here I am. So what did you say, Chris?
0: No, I was saying you brought up a really great point when it came to, you know, when I was talking about, you know, comedians aren't really people, people come and people go. And mm-hmm. no one really cares. And, you know, and when we were talking about how the metaphor was selling the uh, yes, you know, selling, I heard all that. The industry, uh, you, you came up with a really good point yesterday when it came to the main, uh, main actress in the film. Do you want uh, yeah, to Because I mean, I
1: know you said that um, DW that it was, it was kind of the metaphor for it, and for me as an actress, I, I really resonated with it as far as, like, I see so many of myself when I started out and my friends going and interning for free, um, which isn't a bad thing, you know what I mean? But sometimes you're being used, and there's always like, oh, we're going to connect you, come work at this agency, and I'll connect you, and all they want is, like, the free work, and I was totally seeing that where, right. um, where he didn't want to let her go because then he'd lose his feeder. And you'd have to train somebody new. So why connect her with the industry? And for me, I was like, I feel you, Violet. I feel <laughs> you. Just leave.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and we've. I've been. I've been uh, sort of saying this whole time, like, never be too good at a job you hate, because if you're a really good assistant, they'll never let you yep. go. And yeah, and that's true in a lot of different industries. But uh <laughs> definitely, you're right. I. I mean, my first real editing gig, I was getting paid like $7.50 a week and I was in my 20s and I thought that was great. I was like, oh, this is great. And then later on, I realized like, oh, you know, that's pretty, pretty low for, oh, for yeah. like an editing gig. <laughs> and I was doing <laughs> films and stuff. It was low budget, but mm-hmm. um, but I did learn learn a lot and it was enough to get by as a 20 something. And Oh, so many, so many jobs where people are like, yeah, and we'll give you lots of connections. It's going to be great. And it's BS. And nothing, is
1: the, nothing if, comes right. of it. If you yes. go in it to something for a connection, you're going to walk away disappointed. Like I know for me, I did oh, yeah. a lot of like internings to learn the back behind the scenes. So I was really happy. But I see people all the time being like, oh, and they're going to introduce me. And I was like, mm, probably not. And you are remembered <laughs> by the job you're doing. So if I'm an actor, when i'm helping an agent people are going to see me as the assistant the pr they're not going to see me as an actor
0: that's so, true yeah. and you know what i gotta say DW,
1: uh, very good <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i do have to say dw uh obviously i can see it on your computer screen right behind you we're looking at bob devore and You know i've been kind of contemplating about this i don't even know what he's supposed to be like to me bob devore looks like a mashed potato of wolverine and the vampire smooshed together or he looks like uh bob devore's neck is like Thanos' scrotum i really can't come to terms what he is so dw what is he supposed to be is he a gremlin is he a warlock he, he
4: is he is one of those mythical monsters that we we don't haven't even seen yet really when when we first started creating him we we did some research into like folklore and we did find a monster an um aboriginal monster called the oh gosh now i'm gonna forget the <laughs> the, the the name the the uh yara yaramayahu i think it is and okay. this this creature will swallow up its victims and then actually spit them out and if he swallows you three times you become one so we were like
1: oh what an interesting <laughs> That's so cool concept. i've never and heard so... of that monster that is <laughs> so cool yeah. no i researched. i like it and, and he's so a funny horror. looking monster yeah oh i have to look that up and i know your um your movie actually debuts out today where people can That's actually right. see it today for the first time Yes, yes. Platform. We are out. We're on digital platforms,
4: uh, Voodoo, uh, everywhere Everywhere you buy or rent movies. And we are in select theaters. So you can check us out on our website at 2LightTheMovie.com. Uh, and yeah.
0: That's That's amazing, D.W., but before we get you going, because I I do have a couple minutes left with you, I did want to tell you something that I really wanted to share with you, because uh, like I said before, I think there's something really special going on with Too Late that I don't necessarily know that you've been thinking about. And I want to just kind of ingrain this into your head, because my first impression of Too Late was, this movie could really work in a newly proposed format that's kind of starting to circulate nowadays and that's called movie podcast i don't know if you ever heard about any of these kind of talks recently but i really thought too late could work because you don't necessarily need all the practical cosmetics or the killing in action and you know and you do a really good job even in your own film but have you ever considered indulging in this kind of uh roadmap like you know it's kind of like the radio plays are starting to become a new thing in the 21st century
4: oh yeah actually i haven't heard of the the movie podcast but i love it i love radio plays i i love them and yeah Maybe. That's cool.
0: You might yeah, have to consider to it. Come. I'm telling you, it's becoming such a, such a big thing. I know Spotify is starting to uh, pick up a lot of seasons. Like, they're trying to test out television series to be on Spotify so that if they become successful on their platform, they develop it into a big budget, uh, you know, television series. So, you never know, D.W. Thomas. You, you got something know. very special and uh, in the works. we'll
1: take 10% if you sell that idea. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, just 2%. Just 2%. <laughs> oh, no, 10. But but, but I do want to say you've already shouted out the film uh, But you've already let the people know what's good. It's out today But are you considering a sequel just let us know during the last 30 seconds are you considering that?
4: There's always a consideration of a sequel. That's why we left her uh, a little Alyssa or Violet at the end. We don't really know what happened to her. Maybe she's know. become the next Bob. We don't a little know. Cliffhanger. So there's definitely room.
0: That's right. Well, DW Thomas, we want to thank you again for thank joining you. the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show. Go ahead and check out her brand new film, Directorial Debut, Too Late, out now on all streaming services and select theaters. Thank you again, DW Thomas
4: ciao thank you so much Bye.
0: Peace. what's good listeners joining us from nashville tennessee as our strike accord guest is rising country star amanda cooksey live on the chris collins show millennial talk show also check out our brand new podcast series off the fret featuring the blowies as our inaugural guest more music More Music Talk, out now wherever you listen to podcasts. But we got the one and only Amanda Cooksey. How you doing, fam?
2: Hi, how are you guys? Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. I mean, but let's get right on into it because, Amanda, early on in your career, you left your home state of Orlando, Florida to pursue music in Nashville, Tennessee. So tell me, why is it important for you to live in the capital of country music?
2: Oh, my gosh. Well... I started playing music from a really young age and I knew it was what I wanted to pursue. Um, once I played this talent show in eighth grade and realized, okay, I love performing on stage. And um, when I was in high school, I was performing out everywhere. And my parents had told me about this school called Belmont. And I was like, you know, I really wanna pursue music. And they were like, this is a music school. So you should like go tour it and see how it is. And I ended up touring it. and. Loved it, fell in love with the city, and as you know, uh, Nashville is just the place to be for music, uh, given that pretty much everyone here is a
0: songwriter or associated with music
2: in some way. so um yeah i just decided to move here and decided to go to school at belmont so
0: but i would assume too not everybody in nashville can sing and play and i think that's such a beautiful thing that i fall in love with artists that they can do that and for the ccs family and your fans who are tuning in right now uh what are some of the things that they can do to pursue picking up an instrument today like what's your advice
2: Gosh, well, I, you know, took lessons for most of my life um, with piano and guitar. So I definitely recommend taking lessons um, from an instructor or they have so many online like courses now, like on YouTube and different places like that for free. So it's super accessible and I highly encourage it because playing an instrument is just it's super fun. And also it's really therapeutic for me, at least.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I just
2: I love to use it um, when I'm feeling down or just. Anxious about things. So, did do you, you
1: play any oh, yeah. other instrument besides the
2: guitar? uh The piano and the guitar. Uh, but in middle school, I did play in band, and I played the flute and saxophone. Super. Oh, random, I played but... the.
0: Yeah, I played oh, the really?
1: <laughs> I played the saxophone, and I loved it. But I gave it up because the instrument case was too heavy. So all my friends <laughs> had like flutes and clarinets, and like do 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 I just big old sax, and I was like done
2: well <laughs> i was- know i don't play the saxophone anymore either but yeah i totally understand where you're coming from because i never bring the keyboard out on stage because i'm <laughs> just it's too heavy well, <laughs> amanda- hey, awesome <laughs>
0: <laughs> well amanda and marissa it sounds like the both of you are in denial and at least yep. to the point where we're going to <laughs> talk to me about your brand new track denial because uh where did you yes. come up with the concept of making denial come from i mean you're saying that it's a place where you could live in blissful ignorance right. so like where the relationship never ends what the hell does that even <laughs> mean
2: <laughs> oh my gosh well i randomly just came up with that one day i was in like my little writing room that i have in my apartment and i was just singing this melody and i was i have thought of this idea called in denial and i was like it would be cool to make denial a place actually that you actually could live that's like this paradise um that you live in blissful ignorance. And so I brought the idea into some of my favorite co-writers and we sat down and they loved the concept and we ended up just writing the song, but it's about this relationship that I went through two years ago that ended really badly. <laughs> and for a while, you know, you go through all these stages of the breakup and the denial stage is definitely uh, a stage that I went through at one point. So it's like the perfect song for, you know, what I was going through at the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But honestly, Amanda, I mean, it's hard to believe anyone's breaking your heart because I mean, can oh. we all take a moment to look at how gorgeous <laughs> you are? You. I mean, come <laughs> on, let's be real. But what made you want to channel your emotions experiencing heartbreak within your own music?
2: Um, I think it just comes so naturally to me. And again, it's music's always been an outlet for me for my emotions um, and just, just the process through things. So I really wanted to You know, after I went through this breakup, I just had all these ideas. Like, there was a rush of just ideas that came to me. And so I needed to get all of it out. And um, music's just like the easiest way for me to do that. And so, all these songs that I've been releasing the past year, I guess, um, have been about this whole thing that happened
0: two years ago <laughs> yeah absolutely and I know you sing in the following lyric uh, I love it here in denial I might stay for a while there's no clouds or rain just sunny days I wear my shades and a smile on my face and I'm always joking with my mumsy that if Bill Maher can be a bachelor till he's 40 I can too so like do you believe the mindset <laughs> ah, <poor> of- <laughs> I know she's got other two <laughs> she's got the other kids in relationships She don't need to worry about me but anyways <laughs> you know do you? believe the mindset of love is changing for millennials
2: oh gosh absolutely i mean (laughs) it's definitely a different world (laughs) and you know having lived in this era of dating it's definitely difficult um especially because i feel like people just don't talk to each other anymore and i'm one of those people that is kind of old-fashioned like i've always just wanted to meet someone like in an organic way but now there's all these apps and you know, yeah, you don't want to swipe like right
0: and regret later, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. I, I just like can't imagine myself like, you know, doing it that way. But at the same time, it seems to be the way of the world. So it's definitely changing a lot. And um, I guess we'll see what happens next. Yeah, you starting. know what, Amanda,
0: it's starting to all make sense, <laughs> and I'm starting to feel like I'm in that paradise of in denial too because I want something organically as well. So you know what? With that being said, let's play Amanda Cooksey's track "In Denial."
3: awesome i checked in like two months ago the second he said it was over kicked on my feet Myself and all, ballet my car and my closure. Laid back on a beach, there yeah, right next to the ocean. Watching the waves and all my baggage floating away. Hey, hey I could get used to this place. I love toes
0: What's good? That is Amanda Cooksey, and that is her track in denial. And I want to remind the CCS family that you are listening to Strike Accord. So if you physically or digitally pick up that record, you're gonna know these tracks. So, Amanda, yes. I did come across a video on your Instagram. <laughs> that i'd oh like gosh. to share with the rest of the ccs family so um marissa can we put amanda on blast and roll this clip
1: uh hold on hold
0: on i gotta pull <laughs> i'm so scared right now you be very scared because you know in the radio world we we dive nose deep if you know what i'm saying oh, <laughs> so, no. like, we found something right, on your instagram i got instagram, it right here i got Marissa's it, got got it so let's you roll got it. the clip
1: <laughs> i'm not gonna write one more song about him
0: As you can clearly see in the video CCS family, Um, my question is, Amanda, how do I get a song written about me? Could you open up (laughs) your DMs because I promise that I won't break your heart. You need a more positive track.
2: (laughs) I know I really do. Honestly, it's like it's about time that we have a positive uh, dating experience here, but I feel like I keep writing songs. Okay, so that sounds like you're
0: opening up the DMs for you and I. Okay, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But no, no, it all jokes aside, uh, I I have teased a previous Strike Accord artist on the show. Like, do you regret writing songs about your exes? Like, why waste time on them if you have to sing about them for the rest of your musical career?
2: It's a good point, (laughs) I guess. But I don't know. I think it's just like all in the moment for me. It's about like what I'm feeling at that time. And just it kind of like encapsulates like a part of my life that, you know, was special to me and important to me at one point. And just it, it was a roller coaster of emotions. And so it's almost like a diary entry, like when I think about it. So it's kind of just something I can look back on and be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that happened. And like I went through all this, but I grew from it at the end of the day. So
1: I like how you made like fun of yourself.
2: So yeah. like, And I do
1: love Taylor Swift, but she gets very upset right. when anybody references she sings about all her exes um, right. and like, <laughs> really upset. And I love that you just embraced it and made fun of yourself before anybody else can and been like, yeah, exactly. it's my life. It's my diary entry. I, I dig it. Exactly.
2: Cool. But- I mean, I feel like love <laughs> is what people love to write about. So it's just, it's we the easy
1: thing to We all fall in write. love. We all fall <laughs> exactly. in love or wish to fall in love. I mean, that's a human connection.
0: Right. but it feels like a lot of these regretful songs come from love at first sight so do you believe in love at first sight and is that a good thing
2: um i don't know if i believe in love at first sight or not i mean with this particular person that i was dating at the time like it took me a year to realize that like i even had feelings for him at the time and it was just like we were best friends before and so like i just think that love comes to you like in different ways so i maybe it's possible but
0: <laughs> well let, let me uh, read you a tweet that kind of resonated with me this week that the rapper the game was talking about us millennials and he wrote quote dudes dating women's bodies and women dating dudes pockets then y'all wonder why the relationship's short-lived intentions aren't pure so love can't be developed properly what's your thoughts on that
2: gosh i mean You know like i said dating today it's a roller coaster (laughs) so i don't know there's different people looking for different things out there so it's just you know a matter of like what you want out of a relationship or out of somebody else and you know if that's what people what I'm looking for, I guess that's up well, to Well, I but... can say is I've never dated
1: a guy's pocketbook, and I think that's where I'm going. Oh, oh stop
0: it, Marissa! <laughs> you know, no, any... my
1: next dude needs to have a deep-ass pocket okay? a, because yeah, I, I date playing. broke
0: men. Stop
3: it, you, you, you,
0: know, you better not be talking this outlandish talk. We, you know, we always be dating people for their pockets. Let's No, I
1: know. <laughs> and how come I always have broke men? If I'm dating, <laughs> believe me, believe me, okay. I <laughs> I need to take some of his advice. Try At that out At least route. we're
0: all agreeing <laughs> with the game's comments. So uh, we're, we're a failed generation when it comes to the love life. But, you know, we oh are God. about to be playing you your brand new single. It's called Chicago. And you sing in that track, guess you never saw us growing old. Maybe you left me a long time ago. And Amanda, yes. is the problem with finding love with our generation is that we're not thinking enough about the long term's?
2: yeah for sure i think that's what i've been running into a lot um in my own personal dating experience is that people just don't want the committed relationship they want the like oh maybe like a couple months of this person and like that's it but um now i think you know commitment's important and like just wanting to be with someone who's like my best friend has always been something that i'm like i would like in a relationship so I don't know, but <laughs>
0: so do I guess everybody, everybody else. So, do getting in a relationship during COVID all virtually, like all of those are going to be failed relationships because it's not organic?
2: <laughs> you know, I don't know because some of my friends have used the dating apps and they're doing really well right now. Um, and it's going Strange. super well. So. Strange. Hopefully, never we
0: never, hopefully we never see you on E eHarmony, ever. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, please give yourself some kind of self-respect. Yes. <laughs> <for Amanda laughs> <laughs> <and Pixie. laughs> but anyways, <laughs> we're about to be playing you your brand new single right now. And this is Amanda Cooksey. This song's called Chicago.
3: You were there, I prayed. Kept me on my face. Like a teenage dream Forever feeling seventeen But guess you never saw us growing old Maybe you left me a long time ago Am I thinking too much? Cause you were all about us Did you leave me in June? Or did you leave me in Chicago? Did you stay in a high rise there? Did she know you like I know you? Were your fingers running through her head? Did you give her your jacket? And did she whisper to you, I love Is in between Wish you'd tell me what to think Did you leave me in Chicago?
0: That's What's good? That's Amanda Cooksey, and that's her track, Chicago. And all I know is, like, I would never leave you in Chicago. <laughs> oh, I, I thank you. I don't know about you. <laughs> but no, but, uh, but since you are questioning yourself in that chorus, you came from Florida, you go to Nashville. Where does Chicago come into the mix? That's what I'm <laughs> contemplating.
2: <laughs> so, like, the reason I wrote this song is because, you know, once my ex and I broke up, you know, he was, he had been playing a show in Chicago before we broke up. And
0: like a month later, he was,
2: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But this girl was in Chicago, this girl was from Chicago that he started seeing. And I was like questioning all these things in my head, like, is it possible? I don't know. It is. So. Your
1: intuition is right. A hundred percent. He
2: cheated. You're like,
1: he and cheated put- for sure. <laughs> in the pudding. He dated her from Chicago. It's like, I'm secretary, sorry. secretary, Marissa.
0: It's a secretary <laughs> in a high-rise building. We clearly heard. In the <laughs> but you know i do want to remind the listeners that you are listening to the chris college show millennial talk show and this is strike Accord with the phenomenal rising country pop star amanda cooksey and i do want to ask you this because i know even during covid it's been really tough with everybody and now everything's starting to loosen up i don't know what it's like in nashville tennessee but i know in california you know it, it's you know freedom starting to come back but when it comes to outside of your musicality, uh, what do you do that kind of contributes to the music? Like in essence, like what hobby do you do to like, in order to rejuvenate your own creativity? Um,
2: Gosh, that's such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: I, nothing you do. You're not on Fortnite but, with all the rest of the kids. You know, you know?
2: <laughs> I. It's so funny because I, I'm like, am I boring? Because all I love to do is watch movies. Like, I love horror movies. I love Marvel. I'm like a nerd, by the way. I'm a Marvel like, movie nerd. Um, I do play video games, though, too, actually but i I think you're describing
1: chris's like perfect girl so you guys let me me just kick (laughs) back
3: i'm
0: listening amanda go on go on i'm I'm
2: listening (laughs) no yeah i do i play video games and stuff too um i have a switch so i'm playing like zelda and um Animal okay. Crossing and all that fun
0: stuff. <laughs> okay, so we know that she's a, she's a textbook girl, but she also loves her video games. We dig it. But also, I know we're about to be playing you uh, one last track right here on the Chris College Show, and that's um, let me guess, it's what's his name? Uh, yeah. Do you even want to say his name on the track? No, hell no, we don't want to say his name. No, There's, right? But you know, exactly. I do uh, with this kind of song. Um, let's just roll the clip. Let's just roll the video. Let's let the music speak for itself. This is
3: we don't the say that word around here, no more We don't say that word around here, no more Jet, black, deep, hair, white, adidas Walked in and he's been in I should never wondered What's his name? I had a notice What a shame He had a Uh-uh. When you're drunk, he's still not the one. It don't roll out my lips like the way it once did. I swear I don't miss. <laughs> What's his name? I don't know What a shame.
0: what's her name? And that's Amanda Cooksey. And that's her track. What's his name? And you know what? You're such a phenomenal artist. We cannot wait to hear more music from you because I really, truly believe You're doing something very genre breaking when it comes to the country art world. And for all the listening audience, our CCS family that wants to check out your music, let them know what's good. Where can they follow you on social media?
2: Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at Amanda A. Cooksey. You can follow me on Twitter at A. Cooksey Music. And then Facebook's just Amanda Cooksey Music. I'm also on TikTok. There we go. That's right. (laughs) Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. (laughs) Right, so. rock and roll.
0: <laughs> Amanda you have been so phenomenal thank you again for joining us on the Chris Collins you, show guys. millennial talk show and hopefully we have you back uh real time soon uh can't wait to hear more music from
2: you yes bro. thank you guys so much I appreciate it
0: all right rock okay. and roll enjoy the rest of your Friday
2: bye guys peace
0: but we want to thank all our guests for joining us today on the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show. And that is our just talking guest, director D.W. Thomas, when she came here to discuss her horror comedy film, Too Late Out Now Today. So go ahead and check that out. And also our Strike Accord artist. Amanda Cooksey, the rising Nashville country pop star. But we do have an announcement to let everybody know what's good because due to the holiday weekend, you might not realize, but next Sunday, not this Sunday, but next Sunday is 4th of July. So with that being said, we will be re-airing Music Storm 2021 in full. So we will not be having a live show, but we will be re-airing music storm but also don't forget to check out our brand new podcast series off the fret featuring the blowies as our inaugural guest more music more music talk and if you like what you're listening to go to the chriscollinshow.com and become a member today and get that free ccs t-shirt for now have a great great friday and we'll see you in two weeks fam peace the Chris Collins Show presents Music Storm 2021, hosted by Chris Collins and Marissa Pitts, featuring Tiana Kutcher, Some Daggers Wear Red,
3: Desmond Walker,
0: Desmond Walker, Duelos Saturn till June Music loud driving fast YT will
3: it feels good to be the bad
0: guy walk the see why look at things from both sides, ain't nothing like the Easy Man One thug, one thug, no show a little mercy on one thug The Phoenix would bend Chloe Wilder. <laughs> Jonas and I. <laughs> came I
3: the beaver,
0: river, and the and South, south. Run that my An hey. animal son. Storm 2021. Available on YouTube Live. Peace! Our brand new podcast off the fret.
1: I love it. It's more time to chat. (laughs) Hello.
0: You look so jazzy. I love your outfit. How far would you go to start playing live music again? This slapped harder than my ex when she got her stimulus check. So, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, um, Are you here to bring the sexual healing with your music? Oh, everything is everything and I guarantee you, you're going to hear this song in the future. I love the flow, man. Politically charged album. So if you get easily offended, this might not be the album for you. <laughs> Brand new podcast off the fret.
1: So excited.
0: Um, has Kim Kardashian accidentally sent you a Gucci shot? Do
1: you want to stay there? It's
4: completely your choice. Or you
0: want to? <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And you know what I love? It. Off the fret. More music, more music talk. Peace.